Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. I don't know about you, Anita, but if I see another story or another show about Biden's first 100 days, I honestly (laughs) think I'm going to have to crawl into a deep, dark hole and hide for another 100 days. (laughs) You know, I know people like blaming the media for that, but he really leaned into the 100 days. He talked so much about what he wanted to do, so I blame him. Let's make a deal now. This is not one of those shows. This is a next 100 days show. (laughs) Great. Sounds good. (laughs) I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, not another first hundred days show. Anita Kumar, uh, what to expect from Biden in the days and weeks ahead, what sort of opposition he's up against, and why he most certainly can't count on a quiet summer. So um, in your reporting, Anita, you looked at how Biden has kind of glided so far, um, especially being able to, you know, tout his coronavirus response as a success over the past few months. But that and I'm quoting you here, summers are where a White House's carefully laid plans go to die. Ominous. Um, (laughs) Tell me about (laughs) the summer problems for presidents past. Well, the reality is it's really all year long where things come up. But the reason we talk about summers and when you talk to people that have worked in previous White Houses, the reason they tend to talk about the summers is you always kind of think you're there. It's the summertime. You can take a breath. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not going to be as hard or they have something in mind that they want to focus on. And invariably, life intercedes. The world intercedes. So, Uh you know, anything can happen. It is a quarter after 11 now and we're getting ripped here with the backside if you will of Katrina on the western side it is still blowing hard the wind probably the one people may remember the most if you can remember that far back was during George W Bush's term when hurricane Katrina hit if ever the cavalry was needed it is now and it is in new orleans an army national guard helicopter today rescued people from rooftops fragile islands in the floodwaters he was actually on vacation in texas when it hit and it just seemed to take them by surprise and of course it was a terrible hurricane and if you'll remember he he eventually left the vacation and had to go toward the area this is a devastating storm This is a storm that's going to require immediate action now. I'm pleased to report. And it's really one of the things that people say he just never recovered from. Um, His his term never recovered from. Mm -hmm. Uh, Barack Obama had a million things. I mentioned the BP oil spill. On Louisiana's coast, more dirty oil washed ashore today. The greatest oil spill in American history now covers 29,000 square miles. You know, Iraq airstrikes. He had riots in Ferguson, Missouri after a fatal police shooting. And of course, Donald Trump, I still remember covering this, uh, you know, in 2019 when there were those two back-to-back shootings in Texas and Ohio. I want to extend our condolences to the people of El Paso, Texas and Dayton, Ohio. They're incredible people. You know, within 24 hours of each other, that killed more than 30 people. Mm. It's interesting how all of these things you mentioned are things that presidents themselves didn't really do. There are things that happen, natural disasters, shootings, oil spills. And I kind of feel like Biden is 
already facing similar problems, namely um, with guns. There being several mass shootings and calls for gun reform and the border where Republicans have latched onto increasing migration that's been happening as a major crisis and an attack line for them. Do you see these two issues, guns and immigration, as things that will you know, potentially take over and hurt Biden's next 100 days? Yeah, it's interesting you say it, because if you talk to anyone that's worked in a White House, Democrat or Republican, they always say it's about the unexpected. So mm-hmm. it's really not things that are coming from them. And you've mentioned a couple examples. And I would also say some of these uh, police shootings as well. Mm. I do think that they are already hurting President Biden's term because they're distracting from the thing that he wants to talk about. This administration has been so incredibly disciplined. They're on message. They want to talk about coronavirus. And now going forward, they want to talk about the president's two proposals to spend $4 trillion. Mm -hmm. And that is really what the focus is. And yet, if you talk to people, they are talking about these mass shootings and and gun restrictions, they are talking about the border. So I do think that how it could hurt him is it could distract from that. He could get criticism from that. Uh-huh. People might say, look, I don't, I don't trust him on this because I don't trust him on another issue. You know, when you look at the recent polls, he's doing pretty well. Um, he's over 50% in general in his job approval rating, and people are really trusting him on the coronavirus and the economy. But when you look at the two things they aren't, his lowest ratings, job approval ratings, are on immigration and guns. You mentioned his uh, big policy proposals. Those are things that he talked about in his speech on Wednesday night, Um, his policy proposals on infrastructure and social welfare. To win that competition for the future, in my view, we also need to make a -a once-in-a-generation investment and our families and our children. Particularly his American Jobs Plan and American Family Plan, which together with the American Rescue Plan that already passed, and just a side note, I think they have got to start coming up with some new plan names here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Those all together cost roughly $6 trillion. That's a lot of money. Those are massive policy proposals. Um, How did they actually get these things past and avoid the potential turbulence that some of these other issues could cause? A great question. Um, you know, after already passing almost $2 trillion, he's basically saying, let's pass another $4 trillion. It's an enormous amount of money. And you've seen big resistance from Republicans who say, well, they have a lot of concerns, but they think it's too much spending. And they also don't like what's in the proposals or how he's paying for the proposals. Mm-hmm. You know, and so what you'll see from Republicans and even some Democrats are, look, he needs to deal with some other issues first. And I saw after the speech on Wednesday night, people talking, Republicans saying, look, he should have been talking about the border and he barely mentioned it. We've been told there's no crisis down there. We've been told that uh, the border is secure. People are being turned back, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I've been down there. I've I've led trips down to the southern border uh, in Texas at the Rio Grande uh, uh, sector. And also, I'm going in a couple of more weeks out to El Paso, and I can tell you it's anything but secure. 
he should deal with the issues at hand and not talk about these big proposals that he's trying to ram through. So it gives people or it gives his opponents an easy out. You know, they say, look, he shouldn't be dealing with this because he's got other problems to deal with. So it's going to be tough. He doesn't even have all the support of his members of his own party. So that's one problem. And then, of course, it all comes back to every single thing comes back to how are they going to push this through? Are they mm-hmm. going to push it through with a budget maneuver that just means they can do it with just Democrats? Or will they really try to get the Republican support they should need, which is 10 Republicans in the Senate. Right now, that's that's tough. I mean, more than tough. We haven't seen Republicans come out in support of these proposals at all. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about that, because one of the central Republican responses to Biden's moves so far has been this notion that Biden ran on the idea of bipartisanship working across the aisle, but that in practice, he is not doing that. Looking ahead to the next 100 days and, you know, considering the sources you've talked to, do you see a future where Biden and Democrats are going it alone? Well, I do see a future where President Biden is meeting with Republicans. Hmm. You know, he is picking up the phone and his staff and talking to Republican offices and Republican lawmakers. And he's actually invited the leaders of both the Senate and the House, both Republican and Democrat, to the White House in a couple of weeks. So we know that he is talking to them. Mm -hmm. But the sense I get from talking to people in the White House, people close to the president, is that there's going to be a certain point, maybe in May or in a month or two, where he says, look, if they're not willing to meet me halfway, I'm going to go it alone. Hmm. And one of the things I keep hearing over and over again is that that's one of the lessons They learned from the Obama years where they say, look, President Obama tried to work with Republicans and they just kept uh, leaving him hanging. Mm. They kept, you know, President Obama was there trying to do something and Republicans kept delaying and delaying. And in the end, they didn't work together. So if you'll remember, he passed uh, the health care bill with no Republican support. So they feel like they learned a lesson before and they are going to at some point say, look, we've tried, but we can't get anywhere and we're going to move on. Anita Kumar, thanks so much for talking with me. Sure. Thanks for having me. Also today, cruise lines could start operating again as soon as mid-July. That's according to new guidance the CDC sent to cruise operators on Wednesday that stopped short of requiring crew members and passengers to be vaccinated, but does ease regulatory burdens for ships with high vaccination rates, potentially nudging operators towards setting their own requirements. According to the new CDC rules, cruise lines may forgo simulated voyages and move straight into open water sailing with passengers, quote, if a ship attests that 98% of its crew and 95% of its passengers are fully vaccinated. The CDC hasn't yet provided the industry with instructions for simulated voyages, and it's unclear exactly what they'd entail. And New York Mayor Bill de Blasio says the city is planning a, quote, full reopening on July 1st. De Blasio announced the plan on Thursday, allowing restaurants, businesses, and cultural venues to run at full capacity after 16 months of shutdowns and restrictions in the nation's largest city. But de Blasio acknowledged that he hasn't yet spoken about the plan with Governor Andrew Cuomo, who would likely have to sign off on lifting the restrictions, saying he would rely on the state legislature to speed reopenings. 
The Politico Dispatch production team includes senior producer Jenny Ament and executive producer Irene Noguchi. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.